0: We're happy you've tuned our way today and trust that our time together will prove a real blessing as we continue with a series of studies designed to help you understand and enjoy the Bible. My name is Alex Kurz, and it's my privilege to invite you to join us as Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, brings us another message from the Word of God.
1: Thank you, Alex, and we do, my friend, want to welcome you to our time together of studying in God's Word. We're going to look today at um, at something that is uh, on the minds of a lot of people as they uh, think about uh, this particular time and on the religious calendar. Uh, today is a very special day for many folks uh, on the religious calendar. You know, we have all kind of calendars in the world: the social calendar, the the political calendar, and Many folks have a religious calendar. Now, they get that out of the Bible, because the nation Israel had a political, social calendar, and they also had a religious calendar. They started their religious year in a very special way, with a special series of feast days and events, holy days, hence we get the word holiday. And those the, that, that uh, religious calendar that they followed that demonstrated God's redemptive purposes in Israel well, has been plagiarized into many different religious systems, and in Christendom, today is called Palm Sunday. Now, it's called Palm Sunday because today is the day uh, in, uh, that, that begins the, the week before uh, the time when, when, when Christendom celebrates uh, the the crucifixion and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, can I tell you that in the Bible, the Lord Jesus Christ was not crucified on Friday? Uh, we have an event this week will be called Good Friday. Well, it's not really Good Friday in the Bible, but that's the way religious traditionalists have used it. And uh, you also know that the, that next Sunday will be Easter, and you know that, that 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 next Sunday is not the date of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. If it was, then Easter wouldn't change every year. Uh, the celebration of Easter is is based upon. You on on the calendar and the changing of the positioning of the moon and the sun and the heavenly bodies, and that's the reason it changes each year. And, and all of that is based on worshiping not, not the God of the Bible, but the God of the, of the sun and the moon and that kind of things. And just like the, uh, the Muslims uh, worship the, the moon god, and hence they have the, the little crescent moon as their symbol, uh, much of Christendom assimilated the, the paganism that worshiped the, the god of the sun. And so you have all those kind of days. But one thing you do know, Christ was resurrected on the first day of the week. Now, a Bible believer would, re- would celebrate the resurrection of Christ every day in his life because of Christ, who is our life, we live. We have Christ in us, living in us and through us. And we gather on the first day of the week because that's when the, the early saints gathered because that was the day uh, uh, that, uh, that Christ was resurrected and so forth. But it really doesn't make any difference what day you meet or what day you gather. Uh, The issue is the life of Christ living in you every day. But I realize that for many... Uh, Palm Sunday is the beginning of a very special uh, week of ceremonies and and uh, um, consideration uh, of religious and spiritual things and because of that uh, not wanting to to denigrate it in any way but just to say we need to take the Bible and look at what the Bible has to say about it so let 's look at the at this event of the of the entry of Christ into Jerusalem on uh, the first uh, day that would be called Palm Sunday. Uh, uh, and let's see what the bible has to say about it because the, the the this event holds many unnoticed and ignored and overlooked yet precious and important truths and when you look at it from what the bible says about it you you find some fascinating spiritual truth about what was really taking place when the lord jesus christ came into jerusalem to present himself to the nation israel on that fateful Sunday morning uh, that we uh, call Palm Sunday. Matthew 21, verse number 4, the Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of making preparations to go into Jerusalem as he does in Matthew 21. He says this, uh, and uh, uh, all this was done, Matthew 21, verse 4, All this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king cometh unto thee, meek, and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. In other words, Zechariah, chapter 9, verse 9, had, had told Israel, Zechariah was a prophet of God in Israel, he, he was given a series of, of visions and revelations from God that were designed to help the nation Israel to be able to identify her Messiah when he arrived. And one of the things Zachariah was told in Zachariah chapter 9, verse number 9, Rejoice greatly, Zachariah says, O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly, and riding upon an ass, upon a colt, the foal of an ass. So the Lord Jesus Christ, in explaining why he had sent his disciples to get just that little colt, not even the mother colt, but the, the, the foal of uh, uh, the, 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 the unbroken, uh, small, little animal to follow along behind his, his mother, uh, for him to ride into Jerusalem. On. You know, when you see that, and you see the Lord Jesus, he's not on, he's not on a great white horse. Now, in Revelation chapter number 19, uh, Revelation 19, John says, in verse 11, I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Now that white horse that carries the Lord Jesus Christ back to this earth, when he comes in his glory with all the angels of heaven to sit upon the throne of his glory, to judge and make war against his enemies and set up his kingdom, when Christ comes to do that, he sits on a white horse. In fact, in Zechariah, Zechariah is given the vision of this very event. And you see Zechariah portray the Lord Jesus Christ coming on the white horse, followed by the armies of heaven. Well, Zechariah also presented him as coming not on the white horse to reign and and, and to judge and make make war with his enemies, but Zechariah also saw him coming meek and lowly, with with salvation and uh, uh, w- with mercy. Now, those two different prophecies, those two different statements, those two different methods of his arrival, demonstrate the uh, the uh, issue of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that which would follow that is mingled together in the prophetic scriptures and it's it's something that uh, that was a, a point of confusion how would you have a king that, that that comes rather than on a on a white charger with a, a royal procession but he comes meek and lowly uh, and he comes upon a, a little donkey not and not even the the mother donkey but the the baby donkey following along behind the mother donkey. Well, that's not that's not exactly what we think about when we think about a king coming. So when you see that and you see well, that's obviously a reference to the king coming to suffer. The other is a reference to him coming in his glory. Now. When you look at the text in Matthew 21, and in the other passages, and in Mark, and in Luke, and in John, it's Mark 11, Luke 19, and John 12, this is recorded in all four of the gospel records. When you look at it, obviously... It is, it is a mistake, it's a misnomer, to have it titled the triumphal entry. Now, you're going to go to church today, and you're going to hear it called the triumphal entry, but it isn't the triumphal entry. Obviously, it's the lowly, meek and lowly entry. Uh, he doesn't come on the, on the white charger. He comes on the, the, the little colt, the foal of an ass. That, that is, he just comes on this little unbroken donkey. Well, what's really going on here? What's really happening? If it isn't the triumphal entry of the king to come in and, and establish his kingdom, then what is it? Well, turn with me to John chapter 12. There's something fascinating going on and something that you don't want to miss about what Jesus Christ is doing as he comes into Jerusalem uh, on that day. John chapter 12 uh, John 12, verse 1 says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany. So six days prior to the Passover, when he's going to die, he comes to a little town of Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, and whom he raised from the dead. And there they, they, there they made him a supper, and, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that, that sat at it. He comes to Bethany and spends a day with dear friends. Then verse number 12 says, And the next day, much people that were come to the feast, were, uh, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out uh, to meet him, and cried, Hosanna, blessed is, is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And there you have his entry into Jerusalem. What I want you to see is the timing of this. Six days before the Passover, he comes to Bethany. The next day, that is five days before the Passover. Now, the Passover is on the 14th day of the month Abib, or it's also called niacin On the 14th day of the month is the Passover. Six days before that, well, if you count back, 13, 14, 13 12, uh, 11, figure where I can count, <laughs> uh, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, you'd be to the ninth day of abib then the next day would be the tenth day of abib so on the tenth day of abib jesus christ is entering in to jerusalem and he comes meek and lowly sitting upon an ass the colt the foal of an ass the timing is what's important now why is that important Well, go back to Exodus chapter number 12 in your mind, or better than that, in your scriptures. In Exodus chapter 12, when God first, through Moses, introduced the Passover to the nation Israel, you read in Exodus 12 and 13 that it was the month Abib, and the month Abib was to be the very first month of the year the religious calendar for Israel. They began a new calendar. No matter when they started their social, political calendar, their business calendar, the religious calendar began with the Passover month. And on the on the 14th day of that month is when the Passover took place. But there's something very important that takes place before the actual Passover event. If you read through Exodus chapter number 12, on the 10th day of the month, Abib, Israel was to go out and to find every Israeli home, was to go out and find the lamb, the Passover lamb. They were to find the lamb that was without blemish, without spot, had no imperfections in it. Then they were to take that lamb and they were to pin it up and they were to watch it for three days. So the 11th, the 12th, and the 13th, they watched it. They examined it. They made sure that it had no imperfections in any of its activities. It wasn't something that they missed, that it was a lamb without spot and without blemish. And then on the 14th day, they took that lamb and they killed it. And they provided the Passover lamb. That evening between the 14th and 15th, they took the blood, put it on the lintels, the doorpost. Put on the left doorpost, put on the right doorpost, put over the top of the doorpost, over the door. And uh, that's the places where the bloody wounds of the Lord Jesus Christ were, uh, were 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 stained the cross of, of calvary his nail pierced hands his 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 uh, nail pierced feet and his uh, pierced brow with a crown of thorns they they literally put a sign as it were uh, uh, of if you were to take your hands and place where they were and stand there with your head and feet you'd have someone outstretched in the in the form of a cross and they did all that on the fourteenth the night between the fourteenth and the fifteenth, and then the fifteenth was the day. Of, uh, of, of deliverance from Egypt so now think back about what they did on the 10th day of the month they went out and selected the lamb John 12 is very clear that on the 10th day the day in which Israel was going out the very day that they were selecting the lamb that then they were going to watch on the 11th 12th and 13th and then slay on the 14th the very day that Israel was going out, selecting the Passover lamb that they then were going to sacrifice on the 14th day of the month, the Lord Jesus Christ comes and presents himself. Do you remember what John the Baptist had said in John chapter 1? He had pointed to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The Lord Jesus Christ literally was presenting himself to the nation Israel. On the very day that they were selecting their Passover lamb, now in First Corinthians chapter five, you see he came. When Paul says that uh, in the fullness of the time God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, Jesus Christ observed all of the 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 minutia of the details. of, 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 of the types and the pictures, there was no reason, no excuse for people to whom the word of God had been given not to recognize who he was and not to know who he was. That's why Paul in Romans 10, when he asked why didn't they, 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 they get what they sought after, because they sought it as it were by works and not by the hearing of faith. Had they been believing God's word, when God's word, the Lord Jesus Christ, showed up in human flesh, in flesh and in humanity, they would have believed him, but they didn't. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. You know, when you think about the entry of Christ into Jerusalem, understand that That he was presenting himself to the nation that favored nation on the very day that they were selecting their passover lamb and they didn't recognize him they mistook him you know why they mistook him they made a dispensational mistake they didn't rightly divide the word they were looking for a king to deliver them politically when god was sending a savior to first deliver them spiritually they failed to distinguish between the sufferings of Christ and the glory that would follow. He had told them, the son of man comes to, to to lay down his life, not to serve, not to be served, but to lay down his life a ransom for many. He came to be Israel's redeemer. And they, rather than desiring to to be redeemed from their sins, simply wanted the material, the physical redemption. Look for the quick fix rather than the the genuine transformation. And they missed him because they weren't in tune with God's program for them. But you know, if Paul says that Christ, our Passover, how did you and I who are not a part of the nation Israel, how did we get a part in the Passover? If Jesus Christ told Israel, the Son of Man has come to give his life a ransom for many, and that many is Israel there, Isaiah 53, we all like to quote, you know, all we like sheep have gone astray, the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. But if you go back and read Isaiah 53 and you go down to about verse number 8, Isaiah is very clear that for the sins of my people, that's Israel, was he stricken. How is it then that you and I, as outcast, cut off, idol-worshipping Gentiles, of no value, on the wrong side of the middle water petition. I mean, Christ had told his disciples, don't go to the Gentiles, don't preach to the, just stay away from them, just focus on Israel. How do we get in? Well, see, that's the message of that other apostle, the apostle Paul. First Corinthians, First Timothy chapter 2, Paul says that God our Savior will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself, listen, a ransom, not for many, but for all, not just for Israel, but for all mankind, to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle, I speak the truth in Christ, and lie not a teacher of the Gentiles in faith, in verity. Can I tell you that if you are not careful to rightly divide God's word, you're never going to really understand the cross work of the Lord Jesus Christ you better not think you can go back over in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and find a message of redemption and ransom for you like you find in Paul's epistles because Paul is the due-time testifier of what Jesus Christ accomplished at Calvary for all men. He says, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. You see, there is this now-time revelation, this due-time revelation committed to Paul about all that God has accomplished at Calvary. And now we know. We know that, that, that God has, has provided for us redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Now we know that He gave Himself a ransom, someone who has come and paid all of our debt and paid all of the, all of the debt that we had and bought us. For we were yet without strength. But in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Paul says, God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath for him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved. By his life. Oh, my friend, you need to appreciate, you need to have a, a conscious, intelligent understanding of what God has done for you through the cross work of the Lord Jesus Christ, so that the finality of the cross's work to put away sin is real in your life, is where you rest in your life, so that the reality of the resurrection life of Christ can be what lives in your life. Jesus Christ put away sin by the sacrifice of himself that he might reconcile us to God and give us God's life so that our life day by day might have meaning and purpose because our li- it's his life in our life. Now how do you get in contact with that? You get in contact with it through the word of God. Jesus says, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. You don't get it through your emotions. You don't get it through your traditions. You don't get it through your uh, your experiences. You get it from an intelligent understanding of God's word and your faith standing in that truth of scripture, of the word of God rightly divided. That's why I, t- I say to you, week after week, you've you got to understand how to come to this book, rightly divided. If you've never come to the place in your life where you know for sure that you have eternal life as a present possession, that you've passed from death to life, that your sins are forgiven, and that if you were to drop dead this moment, you'd be in heaven with the Lord with the door shut behind you. You need to know that. And you can know it because of Calvary. Jesus Christ did everything that needs to be done to pay for everything that's wrong with you. And he did enough. And he did it for you. All you have to do is receive it as a free gift and trust him. When you do, then he gives you the gift of eternal life. If there's something about that you don't understand, I'm going to give you a phone number in a minute. You call us and we'll help you over an open book to get those issues settled. You need to understand what God's word has to say about this. Let me, don't miss the real issue in all of this. Let me give you a, a Bible study tape that'll help you with understanding what took place at Calvary. Uh, the tape's entitled, The Cross-Eyed Apostle. Now, that's not a remark about, about the, the physical appearance of the apostle, but there's one apostle in the Bible that had more to say about the cross work of Christ than all the other writers put together. You need to know who he is, and you, know, you need to know what he had to say about the cross, how the cross impacts you and me, both for time and eternity, to understand forgiveness and right standing before God, the liberty and the freedom that God gives us in the present, and also what is our participation and in sharing in, the, in his glory in the ages to come. This tape, The Cross-Eyed Apostle, will help you appreciate what God's done for us at Calvary. Let me invite you to receive a free copy. With, uh, with my compliments. You simply call us here at our toll free number, 888 535 2300. That's 888 535 2300. We'll be glad to see that you get a free copy uh, of this Bible study that'll, that'll explain to you uh, the the crosswork of Christ in its fullness. 888 535 2300 is the number to call if you'd rather write. You can, of course, write me here at the Riches of Grace. Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. That's Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. The easiest way to get in touch with us, of course, is simply to call 888-535-2300. You know, this is, this is a religious time of year, and perhaps you're thinking about spiritual things, uh, and you don't do that a lot. Uh, You need to settle the fact that you have eternal life as a present possession, that you know for sure that all of your sins are forgiven, and that you have a home in heaven uh, when you die. And more than that, that the life that's received at salvation is living in the details of your life right now. That's what the riches of God's grace to us in Christ is all about. You call today, 888-535-2300, and we'll be glad to see that you get this Bible study. My friend, if you are saved... If you do know the Lord and you're interested in being a serious student of the Bible, when you call, ask the folks at Answer about Grace School of the Bible. We have a three-year Bible Institute program that's designed to follow the the Pauline uh, structure for the edification of the believer, produce what Paul calls godly edifying, which is in faith. In other words, you're going to assimilate doctrine out of God's word God's way. It's available on, uh, on an extension basis through the use of video. We'll send the school to you. You don't have to come to us. That way it can fit into, into your home and into your scheduling demands and into your life. If you'd like to be a real serious student of God's Word, you call and get the information about Grace School of the Bible. 888-535-2300 is the number to call. Perhaps you'd rather study at a little more relaxed, laid-back pace. Ask them about the uh, the various Bible study Uh, correspondence courses that we have available also 888-535-2300 that's the number to call and i would also want to remind you that there are folks in your area who appreciate the things that you're hearing us teach week after week right here on this radio program you need to know about them Uh, this is listener supported radio and when we help people and the message of grace grips their heart Instinctively, they want us to help reach others. That's why I'm able to be here. These folks in your community pay for the radio time for me to be on this station each week because they they love the message of grace. It's gripped their hearts. They meet in your community each week, and you need to know about them. Let me put you in touch with the the saints that, uh, that meet in your area this weekend around the truths of God's Word rightly divided and the message of grace, a group of saints in whom the grace life is the issue. I'd like for them to know you and you to know them. You call the R office here, 888-535-2300, and we'll put you in touch with the folks in your area who you'll be happy to know. You know, my friend, if you don't have an, an assembly where the, where the word of God is taught rightly divided, and the message of grace is clearly proclaimed, and the grace life is the issue, if you don't have an assembly to attend this weekend like that, you're robbing yourself and your family, if you have one, of one of the greatest assets God has provided for you. It's important. It's something you need to have in a part of your life. Call and get that information, 888-535-2300. That's the number to call. We're certainly glad you've joined us today. It's our priv- privilege to have you with us each week at this time. Two meet again this same time next week. Maranatha.